0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to ToledoCalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, I'm so glad that you are joining us here today. Thanks so much for being with us. And we have been, for the last five weeks, kind of taking a look at God's blessing and how His blessing works out in our lives. We started by... Talking about as we came into the new year, how to receive God's blessing. We prayed together for his blessing in our lives. We talked about the blessing of unity. We talked about the blessing of giving. And today we're going to talk about how to bless others, how our lives are designed so that they will be an outlet of blessing to other people. Uh, We looked at this last week that you are blessed to be a blessing. It's a concept all throughout the Old Testament. We're going to jump over into a New Testament passage today. We're going to look at the life of Jesus and uh, see how his life blessed others. So Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, whether you have it in a print or a digital form, I hope you'll grab that and you'll join with me as we walk through this. Mark chapter 10, let's take a look at this passage. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. We're looking at this concept and this idea of blessing, and Jesus models for us what a blessing looks like you see it all throughout the old testament when jacob blesses his children there's pictures all throughout of one person passing on the blessing to another and we see it modeled here in the life of jesus i want to look at some general ways that we can bless other people by looking at this pattern and i want to use the acronym of bless b l e s s we're going to take a look at that word and kind of fill in those letters to help us how to give the blessing, And so by using each one of these letters, B-L-E-S-S, we're gonna fill that in so that you can maybe have a little tool to remember. I, I'm hopeful that you can remember these things. Run through that B-L-E-S-S, maybe even in real time, maybe in a moment when, when you need to be in a place to, to think, am I a blessing to other people? So let's look at these things. The first one we see would be the letter B in how to give the blessing, and it's to believe in them. Whoever it is that you're trying to express a blessing to in their lives, it starts when you believe in them. Let me show you what I mean. Go back to this passage, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. It says, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's some questions we have to ask ourselves. Like, why were they bringing these children? Why did the disciples rebuke them? Like, what all fits into this passage? It seems that there was a pattern in those days of if there was some kind of famous person or leader or someone who is pictured to have power or authority, that it was not uncommon for parents to bring their children to them. And you've got to think about what life was like in those days. You didn't have modern medicine. You didn't have the same situations that we have with regards to health care today. Infant mortality was high at that time. Six out of every 10 children died before the age of 16. And if you think about that, even as a parent, six out of 10 of every child died died before the age of 16. So within their first year, you can see this picture. Parents bringing these children to Jesus, asking him to bless them, believing that his touch will protect their children from evil, from the harm of that day. And so as these parents come, they're hopeful. Don't just picture in your mind like they're bringing him to Santa for him to you know, give a Christmas wish list to. They're coming with a sense of desperation and hope. They want to be a part of who Jesus is and what he's doing. And the disciples say, hey, 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 slow down, back it up. We're going to rebuke you. You can't do this. One idea was that children did not have great value in society, often in those Hellenistic days. There's There's a letter that was written by a husband out of town to his wife. It's dated from Alexandria on June 17th and and it goes back to 1 BC we can we can mark it back to that point his wife is expecting a child that he supposes that she may have delivered before he's able to get home and here's what he says if it was a male child let it live if it was a female cast it out there wasn't much value for children and so the disciples see these children as a nuisance they're a distraction They might even think, hey, we're too good for this kind of busyness in this time. And they're trying to protect Jesus' privacy. They know what's going on. And so in the midst of this, the hurry, the busyness, really, let's be honest, all the same things that can keep us from giving thought and care to other people, Jesus says to them, no, 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 no. Let the children come to me. Bring them to me. See, he believes in them. He made sure he showed them that they mattered. How do you do that? How do you you give belief to other people? Let me give you just two thoughts thinking of what Jesus did. First, you have to give a place of value. You give to that individual that that you wanna bless. You give to that person who God has put in your path to extend a blessing to. You give to that person that God has lined up for you to bless. You give them a place of value. Look, everyone wants to know in life that they matter. That's one of the realities, maybe even the dangers of social media, right? We count, we look at likes and and comments and shares, and based on how other people value what we've put out there, we then put value on ourselves. Everyone is looking for a place of value. Now look, if you're you're asking, how do I do that? I hope in these next few moments that you'll kind of track with me on these things, because we're going to give some very tangible ways that you can do that. I believe that this message is hugely important for parents and grandparents, for those that lead in the workplace, for those who have others in their lives that God has put there for you to make a difference, for for those that you encounter in your schooling, for wherever it might be that you live your life in your neighborhood and in your home, these things have great value. We give a place of value, and then people also wanna know that they belong. You give a place of belonging. Not just that they matter, but that they belong. That you're a part of my world. That you matter to me. I don't know, there's uh, something about this next video that I want to show you. It's taken by a guy in a much warmer climate who decides he needs to go up and take his Christmas lights down. This just happened within the last few weeks. And if you take a look at this video... He goes up, and what he's going to show you here is as he's up on his roof, there is his golden retriever. He's up there taking his Christmas lights down, and all of a sudden, his dog climbs up this ladder because the dog wants to be with him. Watch, here's his uh, you know, security camera footage of his home, and the dog just decides, if that's where my guy is, that's where I want to be. I love, the, I love the little dog down here just kind of watching going, dude, I, I don't know. Should you be, should you be doing that? And then you end up seeing the shadow of the dog running up on the roof, running up to its owner because there was this moment where the dog said, I just want to be where you are. You are the place where I belong. Look, in the things we're about to express about giving the blessing, when you do them intentionally, generously, sincerely, in those moments, you say to people, you have value and you belong. The letter B in blessing others is to believe in them. Let's move on to the letter L in the acronym BLESS that we're using here. And the letter L means that you look to the future. That you not only believe in them, but that you look to the future. The the difference here is this. When you believe, you say that today you have value to me. But the letter L says that I not only believe in you today, but I look and I see a future for you. I I see a great future. Future that lies ahead. It fills someone else with hope. When Jesus spoke to these children, let's listen to what he says. Mark chapter 10, verse 14. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He says, They not only belong today, but God's kingdom, God's future, what he's doing, it belongs to them. You not only believe that someone matters today, but what others need to hear from you, what they need to see from you, what they need to experience from you in a blessing, is that you believe that there's a special future for them. Everybody wants hope. And in a certain sense, we have to be cautious about this, because when we talk about these things... We give expectations to others. So let's talk about those expectations for a minute. One of those things, you want to bless others with hopeful expectations about their future. You want to give to them hopeful expectations that you identify in their life that this is something that is special about you. You are good at this. Here's an opportunity for you. Here's something you can take into the future Just a few moments before we took time to to go through this message, I was reading my phone and I watched a text message from my wife that went to one of my kids and in that she said to them, here's an opportunity I see for you. It wasn't one that was being forced on them. It wasn't one that was being labeled on top of them. She was helping them to see that there's something special about them and that it's got a hope for their future. Everybody wants to know what's special about them, don't they? I mean, if you really think about it right now, as you're looking back from this message into the week that's been uh, ahead of us, it was a really special week. You might not realize this, but we've just been in the midst of about nine days that won't happen again For a long, long time, it's kind of a palindrome week, they call it, where if you take the dates the way that we write them here in the United States, they're the same forwards and backwards. Think about it. If you have January 21st, 2021, those dates are 1, 2, 1, 2, 1. It's the same backwards and forwards. And then it's the same thing with 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Some of you just pulled out a pen and paper. You're writing them down because on the 29th, you write that date out, it's one to nine to one. Same backwards and forwards. Some of you say, I could care less. I say, I think it's kind of cool, because it's special. Everybody wants to know what is special, and people want to know what is special about them, that you believe in them, that you have hopeful expectations for them. I can remember years ago, I was at Calvary. I was the kid's pastor. Um, It was a Sunday morning, and Pastor Doug Clay, who was our senior pastor, lead pastor at that time, gave me the opportunity to preach on a Sunday morning. And I did a pretty mediocre job. I spoke, and I'm sure it was okay. I'm sure... um, more people slept then than they do now during my sermons. But, but it, was, it was just a regular Sunday, you know, and I, and I preached. And I remember I walked out of that sanctuary on Glendale Avenue and I, I came out of the, the center back doors and out into the, the terracotta floored atrium. Many of you remember what I'm talking about. And a member of the church who has long since passed away was standing there and I walked past him and he said, Pastor Chad, you come over here a minute. And he looked me in the eye. And he said, I really enjoyed your message today. He says, I believe I'm going to see your name in lights one day. You know, and he wasn't saying, hey, you're going to be a superstar. He wasn't saying, hey, I think you're going to be famous. What he was saying was, I believe that God has great things ahead for you. And he spoke those hopeful expectations into my life. And can I tell you, probably what's close to 20 years later, I can still see his face. I can still hear his voice when he said, Chad, I believe in you. People need to hear that they're special. They need to know that you have hopeful expectations for them, not just hopeful ones, but let me, let me give it another spin. Hopeful but also healthy expectations, not ones that are unreasonable Look, sometimes you need to speak those hopeful expectations because when my friend said that to me standing in the atrium, he believed in me more than I believed in myself. And oftentimes you'll see something in someone that they don't see in themselves that you can speak life into, but don't force that on them. Don't try to make them in your own image. Don't try to coerce them into who you want them to be. Look, when we speak those expectations, make sure they're healthy I'd even make sure that you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you in those things. Look, the blessing is a powerful thing. The blessing, when you speak that blessing, when you express that blessing, when you believe in someone and when you help them look to their future, do it without being manipulative. Do it without being selfish. Do it in a way. Realize you have great power in that. and You know the the great truth, the the Peter Parker principle from Spider-Man with great power? comes great responsibility. You use that wisely. You help others to look to their future with hopeful expectations, healthy expectations. And you might say, Chad, well, how do I, how do, I do that? Let me give you the letter E. We're, we're going through, remember, the word bless as an acronym. The letter B stands for believe in them. The letter L, look to the future. And the letter E, you find a way to tangibly express that blessing. That you give them that blessing. Watch how Jesus did it. It wasn't just words. We've already looked at his words. He didn't just talk about it, he acted on it. Mark chapter 10, verse 16 says that Jesus took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and then he blessed them. That there was action on his part to express this blessing. And please know this. A blessing that is unexpressed is a blessing that is not given. (laughs) If If you don't express that blessing in some way, if you don't share it somehow, if you don't help them to know it, you can think it, you can believe they're special, you can know that they matter to you, you can think that they have a great future, but until you express it, it's really not a blessing that is given. How do you do it, you ask? Let me give you three quick thoughts. You express the blessing with time. You express the blessing with time. There were the disciples. They were in a hurry. They didn't want Jesus to have to lose valuable time to these little kids. And yet Jesus said, no, 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 no. You bring them to me. They're the kingdom of God. And he spent time with them. Probably more than anything else, more than anything else of value, what you can give to other people is your time. So if there's someone that you need to bless, that spouse, that parent, that family member, that child, maybe it's a friend or a neighbor, it, it's somebody you go to church with, maybe it's somebody who's searching in their faith, whatever it might be, if there's someone that you need to bless, you, you set that date on the calendar. Like find a time to nail it down. This is when we're gonna do it. Maybe you need to write an email or, or take a note card and, and scratch out a word of blessing to them. It's taking the time to read that bedtime story or get down on the floor with your child when you don't feel like playing to to pick up those special practices with your grandchildren that might not mean a lot now but will have great value years from now. If you want to know if you should give time to this thing, maybe ask yourself the question, will this matter in 20 years? I look back and think of things that I said yes to that don't have value anymore, that cause me to say no to things that years later I wish I had done. Ask yourself the question, this this time I'm about to spend, in 20 years, am I going to be glad I did it? You express the blessing with time. You also express the blessing with trust. Now when we say trust, I guess it's a pretty wide net that I'm throwing out here. And what I mean is, Everything you communicate, the way you interact with other people, you do it in a way that helps them to know that you are someone who can be trusted, that you are worthy of their respect and their commitment. Look, there's, there's little things that we can do, like making eye contact. There's little things that we can do, like, like showing genuine concern and care, like being there with someone. Romans chapter 12 tells us that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep, that we find ways to, in a very genuine way, be there for someone. I think I've shared the story before of when my dad passed away. We were living in Milwaukee, I'm just a young guy, and all of a sudden, we've got to pack up and in a, in a hurry, get back home to Ohio, and I was actually at the church that we were serving at that time for an event when my dad passed, and Rhonda got the call at home, and then she called at the church to let me know that my dad had passed away. And we were doing an event for, uh, for kids at the church and I had to go to some of the leaders and go, hey, everybody, I, I gotta go. I gotta take off. This is, this is something that's, that's happened. My dad has passed. And they were like, man, get out of here. Do what you need to do. And I was kind of thinking, I remember one of the guys just kind of pulled me aside. And he had always just, Kind of in moments when he sent something in my life, he'd come alongside of me, and I can remember John coming up to me. And he just—he didn't know what else to do. I remember he just looked at me in the eye. He goes, "Do you need some money?" I was like, "What?" He's like, what do, you, "What do you need?" He was saying, "How can I be there for you in this time?" And it might have seemed like a really simple thing for him to have done, but 24 years later, I'm still talking about it. Because what he did in that moment helped me to know that I mattered to him. It blessed me. You express your blessing with time, you express, express it with trust. Let me give you one more thing, real quick. You express the blessing with touch. Touch is such an important part of who we are. We communicate through touch, we share emotions through touch. The first sense that we develop is the sense. Of touch, There's something powerful about the way that we touch others. And we've been in, for the last almost year, a no-touch season, right? We socially distance. We, we keep our distance from others. And we've done it with wisdom. It's annoying at times. It's frustrating. It's, it's created this really weird world that we're living in in so many ways. And yet I want to remind you how important this is. We're looking ahead to days where we believe that things within our, our relationships with each other, that they're, they're going to kind of begin to change and kind of get back to normal. Can I encourage you to re- remember how important touch is? That you do it with wisdom, that you do it appropriately. But that, that handshake, that high five, that, that fist bump, sometimes just that hand on the shoulder, that moment where you hold hands with a friend and you, you pray with them, there's something powerful about touch That's why intimacy in marriage is such a critical thing. We communicate with each other blessing through touch. And remember, a blessing that is not expressed is a blessing that is not given. So do that. Express it with your time, with trust, with touch. And let's go on to the next thing. We're looking at the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. And the first S in that is to speak the blessing. First S is we take time to speak the blessing listen to Jesus words mark chapter 10 verse 14 when jesus saw this he was indignant and he said to them let the little children come to me do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these truly i tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a little child will never enter it his words had great weight. The things he said changed the whole situation. And when those families, when those children heard those words, it changed them. It it affected them. It it had great power. Why is that? Well, here's what scripture says. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Think about that for a moment. The tongue has the power of life and death your words have incredible power. I mean, think about it. Words have power to bring death. What you say can literally, and I don't know if we're, we're talking fully about physical death, where someone's physical life ends, but I'll tell you what, it can drain the life right out of another person. Your words have incredible power. They have the power to bring death. There's all kinds of research on this concept. Here's just one that your brain's responses to auditory and even thinking negative words is incredibly powerful. Painful or negative words will do their work that they release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in subjects. In one study they found, let me read this to you, they found increased levels of anxiety in children associated with higher rates of negative self-talk Negative self-talk plays a role in the generation or maintenance of anxiety in normal children. So ultimately, your negative words, whether spoken, heard, or thought, not only cause situational stress, but also contribute to long-term anxiety. Words have the power, not just we think they do, but their physical effect on us to take the life right out of us. I bet if you and I were to sit down and have a conversation, we could quickly come up with a time when someone spoke hurtful words to you or about you. I I remember so clearly being in high school, being on a trip with our youth group, and we were driving somewhere down the highway, and there was a guy standing out on the side of the road some, and and just making a statement, some skinny guy who was standing on the side of the road. I remember he was standing out there. He had his backpack, he was wearing a tank top, and he had these really short shorts on. And as we drove by, I remember one of the leaders in our youth group, as we drove by, saying, hey, look at that guy. He's got chicken legs like Gilligan. I have never forgot those words. I mean, to this day, I'm still talking about it. (laughs) When people talk about your looks, or your smarts, or your background, or your relationships, or your value, you drain the life right out of you. There is an ancient Jewish commentary on the Hebrew Scriptures that's referred to as the Midrash. It's writings after the time of Scripture. That's basically a commentary on the Scripture. And on this passage about words having the power to bring life and death in Proverbs 18, here's what the Midrash says. It says, The evil tongue, if you look at this here, the evil tongue slays three, the slanderer, the slandered, and the listener. See, when words are spoken that are unhealthy, it not only affects those that they're spoken about, but it has a life-draining effect on the one who speaks them and others who hear them. Our words have incredible power. So when you bless others speak words of life to them because words have power to bring death, but words also have power to bring life. The words you speak have incredible power. Let's go back to that same study I mentioned a moment ago. Over time, positive words, positive thoughts, they bring changes in our perspective and our self and those around us. They affect our bodies physically and our minds emotionally. They change our self-perception and how we perceive the world the words you speak to someone have incredible power i met someone a, a while back and as we were having a conversation they began to talk about their their actions that they show to bring care to their family the sacrifices they make for the people in their family and i recognized that in them i said man do you really love your family well i don't know this person that well i just i just kind of spoke it i saw them a month later and we began to have a conversation again. And I, I had just made that statement, not without you know, really giving it a whole lot of thought. It just kind of was something that came out in the conversation. And this person said to me, as we were following up in the conversation talking about things, they said, you know, when you told me that I love my family well, that was the only compliment I've received in a month. Two thoughts there. One, I had no idea that my words had that kind of power. And two, I had no idea that that person was going through a season that felt so dry and so empty. Look, your words have incredible power and you have no idea how they might affect your children in the words that you speak, your your family in the words that you speak. Be mindful in your words that negative words have the power of death, but those words you speak that can bring life, those words you speak that say, I believe in you and I see a great future for you and you matter to me, you have value to me, You belong to me. You're special. And I I would encourage you to be a student of those that you speak those words to. If you're a parent, you know that your different children might respond differently to, to different things. You might know that, especially if you work with people. Sometimes the very same words that might challenge some people will shatter others. So be wise and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to have the right words to speak which takes us to the last part of our acronym, how to give the blessing as we talk about this, the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. Let me show it to you. You believe in them. You look to the future. You express that blessing in some way. You speak the blessing, and then ultimately you share the blessing. You're gonna share it with others. You're gonna be committed That you're not going to hold this into yourself, but you're going to find a way to be a blessing to others. Go back to this passage, Mark chapter 10, verse 14. Look at what we read here, which is critically important in the scripture. It says, when Jesus saw this, saw what? That the disciples were pushing the children away, that they were rebuking the parents. He was indignant. Jesus was not happy about this. And it says, he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. When you look at that in the original Greek language, the way that it's written, the context of it, the word order, you get the feeling that Jesus is put out. It has this like real crisp staccato kind of tone to it. And he's saying to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Don't, don't keep them from me. Like he realized that he had a blessing to share. You have a blessing To share with the world. And can I tell you, if you are gonna be the kind of person that walks into a situation, and I just I just want you to know this right out of the gate if you're gonna be the kind of person that's gonna walk into a situation, walk into a relationship, and your priority is to say, I believe in you, I see a special future for you, I'm gonna express this to you, I'm gonna speak words of life to you, I have a blessing that I'm gonna share, it will be countercultural. It's gonna seem kind of strange, it might be uncomfortable. But if you will do that, I can tell you that your life will have a long-lasting impact. It won't just be another life that's lived without, without consequence. Your life will make a difference. People will remember those things, and they'll see Jesus in you. Look, we live in a world right now that is filled with social media and cable news that is constantly looking for things that they can curse about. We're constantly looking for things that we can point out what's wrong and we can dig into what's not right and we can point out other people's failures and their faults and we must learn to live lives of trust and hope in an era of anger and outrage. We've been called to be a blessing. So look, I challenge you in a season like this, bless your family. You might be the only one who can. That's the primary place if you look at scripture where blessing is to be shared. So parents... Believe in your children. Grandparents, help them to see that they have a special future. Create places and seasons and and things in your life, rituals and rites of passage in your family, moments in in your holiday celebrations and birthdays and whatever it might be where you take opportunities to bless those around you. I remember when I was 16 and I got my driver's license and uh, we were having kind of a, a family event anyways, and we were there. And I remember I had just gotten my driver's license. And I was really pretty proud of that. I was telling my family. And we were about to leave my aunt and uncle's house. And my uncle said, Chad, how about we do something? Come over here. And I remember pulling out my driver's license. And my family gathered around me. Some my aunts, uncles, parents. they prayed a prayer of God's protection and blessing over me. Because I was moving into a whole new season of life. I can tell you, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that moment where I knew that my family loved me. That as I was stepping out with this driver's license into a new era of freedom and opportunity, that they believed in me. That they were there for me. Really, that wasn't a moment that was planned But it was a moment when my uncle with great wisdom said, we can bless him right now. Be a blessing in your family. Last week, we talked about this a little bit, but can I ask you to bless your church? In this season, we need one another. We need to be a blessing to one another. When God puts something on your heart, a way to serve, a way to give, a way to speak life into a fellow brother and sister in Christ, be a blessing to your church Here's one that Jesus brings up that is not always easy. Bless your enemies. This is one that can be a real challenge for us. Look at how Paul says it. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. He tells us that we are to bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them and be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Jesus makes it even a little trickier. Watch this. In Luke. Chapter six, verse 27, Jesus says this, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you, Look, those aren't easy things. And I can have a tendency to say, well, look, they're not nice to me or they don't treat me right. Or Jesus is writing this and there's a whole lot wrapped up in there, living in a culture that was mistreating people because of who they were ethnically or who they were religiously or who they were in whatever way. And Jesus is saying to them, even if they're your enemy, you bless them. Why? Because as you bless your family and you bless your church and as you bless your enemies, you bless your world, we've been called to be a blessing. From the very beginning, from when God called Abraham, when he initiated a relationship with his people, he said this, Genesis chapter 12, verse three, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Your faith in Jesus Christ, as you live it and as you share it, will be a blessing. So real quick, as we wrap this up, you've probably had a moment where you've thought some things as we've talked about these things. You've you've probably had a few what ifs. (laughs) Like you've said to yourself, well, what if? Because you're not so sure how to navigate this. Like, Like one of the questions that you might have asked yourself is, what if I did not receive the blessing in my life? Like, what if I've lived my life in a way like, Chad, it's cool that your your family reunion prayed over your driver's license, but I didn't have that. Like I didn't have that experience in my life. What if I did not receive the blessing that I would say to you determined to change things? Look, that may mean some healing that has to happen in your life. That may mean a change in how you see other people and the words you speak. You might have to change your perspective and how you think and the the attitudes that you have or your kind of knee-jerk reactions. But can I tell you this, and I think this is really important. Healing does not come until we start to live a healthy life. Like if you want healing to come into your life, into your relationships, then you have to start to live a healthy life. If you stay where you're at in an unblessed place, You'll remain unblessed. But once you start giving a blessing to others, then that blessing can roll back into your life. Look, look if you want to get well, but you just keep drinking poison, you're never going to be healthy. Your body's just going to stay sick. At some point, you have to say, I'm going to do the things that move towards health. I'm going to push that poison away. And healing does not come until we start to live a healthy life. So change the pattern. Live different in your family. Use words that bring life, not death. Make time for others. Express that. Share that. Bless your enemies. And in the midst of that, I believe you'll not only change your life, but you can change future generations in your heart, which leads to others who might. Here's, here's another what if. Not, not just what if I didn't receive that, but what if I'm uneasy about giving others a blessing? What if you're like, well, Chad, I'm not much of a words guy. Or I'm not much of a people person. It's easy for you to say all of this because you're a pastor. You get paid to be all blessing But that's not me. Look, can I challenge you just, just to start? Look for those simple ways. Maybe the first thing for you to do is just take, take this acronym, B-L-E-S-S, believe, and look to the future, and express it, and speak, and share it. Maybe you just kind of run that through your mind. Take some time to think about, how would I bless a coworker? How, how would I bless my children? How could I be a blessing to others? And look, you don't have to be weird. Well, like you, you can almost kind of be sneaky with the blessing, right? You don't have to walk up to other people and go, "Now I shall bless thee." <laughs> it's not how it works. It's just being yourself and letting God bless others through you. One last, what if? What if we do this? What if, as a church, what if as individuals? We decide to not only live in God's blessing, but to be channels that it can flow through to give his blessing. What what if we do this? What if Calvary becomes known as a church that brings such blessing to the community? That's why we love the 419. What What if the people of Calvary become known as people who are people who bless other people, not just through what they do in the name of the church, but through who they are in their homes and in the community. Maybe, maybe the better question is not what if we do this, but what if we don't? See, if we don't, things not only stay the same, but they they get worse. But if we'll get out of our comfort zone, if we'll be willing to be misunderstood, if we'll take these steps, when you give the blessing in your community and in families, if you'll speak words of life, it will help tension to disintegrate if you will express the blessing to others, it can cause unity to come in places of division. It'll help you to build trust with other people. Lives can be changed if you and I will make a commitment to do this and be people who give the blessing. But two things I want to pray just before we wrap this message up. In just a moment, Pastor Bennell and the worship team are going to lead us in a song. We've sang several times throughout this season it's the passage from Numbers chapter six. It's the priestly blessing that the Lord bless you and keep you. Before we sing this, there's two thoughts. Some of you might go, Chad, I I don't know anything that you're talking about. Look, I feel like my life doesn't have purpose and meaning. I feel like I'm stuck in the past. The same Jesus who in that passage said, let the children come to me, says let all people come to me. He's the one who can give your life purpose and meaning. If you need forgiveness, Jesus can bring it. If you need purpose, He can bring it. And that's why He died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. But He rose again so that you could know life. And He lives today so that your life can have purpose. And that if you'll be willing, if you'll just simply say in this moment as we pray, Jesus, I give you my life, it can be that simple. That you can know him as your savior and your lord, and you can begin to live a life of blessing. And one other thing we're gonna pray about here in just a moment I wanna pray that you'll have the courage, I wanna pray that you'll have the, the strength, that you'll have God's blessing this week to make a difference. My question is who needs you to bless them this week? And in this next moment, as you pray, I'm gonna believe the Holy Spirit's gonna begin to whisper to you who that is and when you can bless them and how you can, how as you believe in them, look to the future, express and speak and share that blessing. Lives can be changed through what God's gonna do through you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who blesses us, that you are the God who does amazing things in our lives. And that you, from the very beginning of creation, has said that we have value and that we belong to you. Lord, you created us with a great hope and a future. And your word is filled of the ways that you expressed your love through your son and that you've spoken your love into our lives. And through Jesus, you shared the blessing with us. So God, would you help us to be bearers of that blessing? Lord, I pray with the one who in this moment recognizes that they can never do this on their own and needs to say right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Would you do something powerful in their hearts as they commit themselves to you? And Holy Spirit, in the way that only you can do, would you speak to our hearts right now? Would you help us to know who we can bless, whose lives you want to be richer because of what you do through us? Begin to speak to us about how that can happen and when we can do that, that we can be people who are people who bless others. Jesus, would you give us, just like you did so many years ago to those little children, your blessing with your special favor, with your wonderful peace. In Jesus' name, amen. The
1: Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and His face shine upon you be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace come on believe this right here family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be a party and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his presence
2: come before you
1: us for us to be a blessing to others, Father. So we pray that as we go forward that every day that we find a way to bless those as you've blessed us, Father. We bless those who curse us. We bless those who love us. We bless all those around us just the way you did years ago on a cross where you gave your life even when we turned our backs on you. So God, we thank you for moments like these. We're reminded of your goodness. We're reminded of your faithfulness. We're reminded that you're for us and not against us. Father, we give you honor. and We thank you for moving in our hearts, in our houses, in this place. In your name we pray.